0: Well, the days after we've had some snow on the ground are good days to reflect on the role of faith in our culture. The history of the church has followed the same pattern as the seasons we observe in nature. We've had spring times in the church when Christianity rapidly grows and people flock to the church. Then we've had times of summer when we become very comfortable enjoying our prosperity but becoming a bit spiritually lazy. Then we experience the fall where the church slowly seems to decline. Some people leave the church altogether and others simply drift away unnoticed like a leaf quietly falling to the ground. Then there's winter where the church seems dead. We experience little growth, if any, and many of our efforts to influence the culture around us fail. In the United States, these seasons have been generational. They've lasted perhaps several decades apiece. The 40s and 50s was a springtime for the church. Churches were being built Catholic schools were bursting at the seams. There were nuns in every classroom. There were seminaries in every archdiocese, and many of them were turning men away. The 60s and 70s, we became a bit too comfortable. We became spiritually lazy. We did not think we needed to spread the gospel. We presumed that our Young people, our children, would be Catholic and practice the faith simply because their parents and grandparents practiced the faith. Of course, we were wrong. In the late 70s all the way through the early 2000s, we've experienced the fall. People have drifted away from the faith. Catholic schools and parishes around the country especially in large cities, have been closing. Now we find ourselves in the middle of a period of winter. While many of our parishes remain vibrant on the inside, culturally speaking, it seems as though we have very little, if any, real cultural influence as a church on the world around us. I don't know how long this winter period is going to last but I expect it to be a bit longer and harsher than other seasons that we've experienced recently much of this of course is due to uh, developments in communication technology social media puts a lot of pressure on people to think and act a certain way a way that's often not obviously in keeping with uh, our Catholic values but so I don't know how long this period of winter is going to last, but I do know that this season of winter will not last forever. John Paul II, very keen observer of culture, predicted a new springtime of evangelization for the church that will hit sometime within this century. On this Gaudete Sunday, We do not despair that we're enduring a winter season in the church. Instead, we rejoice because the Lord is close at hand and this new springtime is really on the way. Some of us will probably even live to see it. But there's no denying we are in the middle of winter. The readings today can help us endure this winter season, and we need to do this right. Because what we do now, during these other seasons, they can increase the effect of the springtime when it comes. James, for example, urges us to be patient. That's what we heard in the second reading. He compares the spiritual life to a farmer. He plants his seeds, and then he has to wait patiently for many months for his crops to produce fruit. It's the same thing with the church. The seeds have been sown. They're out there. Now we have to be patient, being hopeful that, again, the church will bloom. These seeds will bloom. Interiorly, James says that our hearts must be made firm, right? They must be set on the Lord, nothing else. Now is not a time for us to focus on other things, to set our hearts on other things. It's always a time for us to set our hearts on the Lord. St. James says, do not complain about one another. You know, people complain about just about everything these days. They complain about important things, politics, things like that, their work, things like that. But they also complain about things that are supposed to be fun, things that are supposed to be leisurely activities and bring us joy. We complain, for example, when the Seahawks have to settle for field goals in the red zone. (laughs) We do. We do. We'll complain about everything. Forget the fact that we have an opportunity to actually enjoy something, okay? We'll never be satisfied with these things. We always want more. Well, when people get tired of complaining and get tired of all of that negativity, they might come to a church or to a parish for something different. And so we have to ask ourselves, if someone comes here, are they going to experience more of the same People complaining, because that's not what they're looking for. There's plenty of things to complain about. In the gospel, Jesus offers some words of praise for John the Baptist, and he reminds people of why they traveled out into the desert in the first place to seek out John the Baptist. Jesus reminds them, You know, when you went out into the desert, you weren't looking for people dressed in fine robes. If you were, you would have gone to a palace in the city. Instead, you went into the desert. You found John the Baptist, who was dressed in like camel hair and things like that. Nor were people looking for reeds blowing in the wind. That's a poetic way to say that people who actually risked going into the desert to see John the Baptist, right? they're not looking for something worldly. Right? People who might wander into a church one day, they're not looking for a church that thinks like the world does about politics or wealth and possessions or about science and technology or about sex and marriage or anything else. They're looking for something distinct. They're looking for something that brings life in the midst of a cultural wilderness. They're looking for something that will bloom. All of this is why John the Baptist is an important patron for the church right now at this particular time. John prepared the way for the Lord John was not the Lord, but he prepared the way for the Lord so that when Jesus arrived, people were ready to spot him. This is the role of the church right now. There will be a time when enough people look around at the world in which they live and say, why are we living like this? Why are we making ourselves miserable? And they'll start to look back throughout history at times when people were peaceful. And they'll see the religious devotion that marked these times, and they'll want it for themselves. That will be what ushers in the new springtime. And if we've done our job and endured this winter season by fixing our hearts firmly on the Lord, and if we've preserved enough of our tradition, our intellectual tradition and our spiritual tradition, They will have a place to encounter the Lord and see something very distinct from what the world offers. They will have their eyes opened, just as Jesus opened the eyes of blind men. Their ears will be opened to hear the word of God. They will spring into action. They will speak words of praise to God, just as the prophet Isaiah prophesied so long ago they will experience the very life of God, a life that blooms even in the deserts that we experience so often in life.